0: Welcome to worship. My name is Sheila and it's my joy to welcome you to Schweitzer Church. If this is your first time joining us, we want to extend you a very special welcome. If you'll check in with us and maybe give us your name and email address, we will send you a gift card this week and the coffee is on us. Today is week 10 of our sermon series about David. We have a great message just ahead for you. Speaking of the message, you'll find sermon discussion questions and more online at schweitzer.church slash next and now here's jen with our announcements
1: hi welcome to schweitzer i'm jen brown so glad you're here today as you may know we're a church that is christ-centered and community focused and one of the ways we really lean into that is by caring for our community and caring for a local school Pittman Elementary right here in our own neighborhood. This school year, we have picked up a challenge to provide a backpack for every student who attends the school and we need your help filling up these backpacks with great supplies. So we have a list of supplies out in the Fellowship Center today if you want to pick one up. And if you already picked one up, thank you so much for picking that up. Make sure you buy everything on the list and return it by August 13th. This will be a great way to kick off the school year and help out Pittman Elementary. This week we're kicking off August. That means there's a lot of great things happening here on campus. On Wednesday night, our fall choir rehearsals are kicking off. It's a great time to get involved. If you love singing, if you've been thinking about being part of the choir, you'll want to be part of this night every Wednesday night. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to Barth. He'll tell you more and help you get involved. Now I want you to take a moment to pull out your phone, pull up your camera and scan this QR code so you can get to know more about our community blood drive that we're having on Thursday also this week from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. We'll be helping out the community blood center of the Ozarks and we invite you to come out for the blood drive. You can use this code to sign up for a time slot and also to watch a video that's inspiring about why we're doing this and how you can make a difference. And one last thing tonight, we are celebrating our third annual river baptisms at the Finley River Park in Ozark. This is a great night of celebration as we celebrate baptism and what's happening in the lives of people in our church. We'll have a big picnic. We'll provide the hot dogs and the ice cream and the music we ask that you bring aside. Everybody's welcome for this big church-wide picnic. And if you are wanting to be baptized or planning to be baptized, make sure you stick around after service to meet with Spencer for just a brief meeting so you know all the details about what's happening tonight. And once again, thank you so much for joining us at Schweitzer today. Let's continue with worship.
0: Thanks for those great announcements. As always, we invite you to join us for any or all of these great things that are happening at Schweitzer Church. You can find more information online at Schweitzer.church slash next. If you're worshiping with us live today, we invite you to join in the chat. Say hello to your friends or give us your insights. And if you find yourself in need of prayer, we have someone waiting for you in the prayer room right now. Just press that button and we'll be right with you. And now let's continue in worship. As we come to this time of prayer, I invite you to join me as we go to our Heavenly Father. Let us pray together. Holy God, we are so thankful to be in your house and to be able to worship you freely. What a blessing it is to know that you are with us every step of the way. God, we wanna lay our concerns at your feet today. We wanna pray for those who are ill and suffering. We wanna pray for those who are lonely And without a friend we want to pray for those who are facing circumstances beyond their control god we know that you are with us remind us of that let us feel your arms around us as your promises are made real in every day of our lives help us not to be doubtful but help us to keep our faith strong in you god we know that you don't answer in our own time but we know that you are steady and certain and you do answer our prayers. You are faithful to care for us and love us and be there for us. And now God, as we continue in prayer, we wanna say the prayer that your son taught us, saying together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we come to this time of offering, I want to share with you about the sacrament of holy baptism. We celebrate this so many times during the year here at Schweitzer Church, and we baptize children and adults alike. It is such a joy to share in an event like this. What a blessing it is that God shows Himself through the Holy Baptism. I want to tell you that we are getting ready to have our third annual River Baptism at Schweitzer. We have a great time as a church family. We celebrate with a picnic and music. But above all, we celebrate baptisms in the river. It's a wonderful event and it's made possible by your support of this ministry and so many others that happen here at Schweitzer. I want to remind you that you can give online at Schweitzer.church slash give. Thank you so much for supporting God's ministries through our church. And now let's join together as we listen to week 10 of our sermon series on David. Hey, welcome today. My name is Spencer. We have a special treat today for The Message. We have a guest preacher, a long-time Schweitzer pastor, my predecessor, Reverend Bob Cassidy, will be preaching today. I'm so excited for this. In fact, I gave him one of the very best passages in all of the story of David with the Davidic covenant. You are in for a treat. We're so excited. So here's Bob.
2: Hello. Would you repeat these words after me? The Spirit of Jesus in me greets the Spirit of Jesus in you, that we might be one in Him. That's a greeting that Maxie Dunham used for years, whether he was speaking one-on-one to an individual or whether he was speaking before hundreds of people in church. And we'll get back to the significance of that greeting at the end of the message. I'm Bob Cassidy one of the former pastors here, and I appreciate the opportunity to share with you this great story in this lineage of series of messages about King David. Thank you, Spencer, for giving me this opportunity. I've always appreciated Spencer and his ministry. Uh, Years ago, he was a youth director here at Schweitzer, and uh, Susan and I fell in love with him when he was teaching high school youth in the basement of our house. One of those kids in that basement was our son, Jonathan. And later he took uh, a group of youth to Mexico on an amazing, significant life impacting trip where he took Alexandra, our daughter, and and again, Jonathan, our son on that trip. So Spencer's always been uh, dear to us and how much I appreciate the great leadership he's giving today at Schweitzer. Well, today we're continuing in this message series on King David. What a story. What an amazing figure of all the people in the Bible I would love to sit down and share a meal with and just listen and talk with with them about. uh, David's got to be near the top of my list. This shepherd boy that was taken by the prophet Nathan anointed, the prophet Samuel, anointed by God to become the king of Israel. This one who was so loyal to Saul, who was a friend to Jonathan, this warrior king, this worshiper of God, this amazing figure, is now at the pinnacle of his career. The kingdom has been established. He's no longer in hiding. But he's now in his cedar palace, and he has an idea. he has a noble thought. So let's join with David in Second Samuel chapter seven, beginning of verse one. Now it came about when the king lived in his house, and the Lord had given him rest on every side from all his enemies, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, "See now, I live in a house of cedar." but the ark of God remains within the tent. Nathan said to the king, "'Go, do all that is in your mind, for the Lord is with you.' But in the same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, "'Go and say to my servant David, "'This is what the Lord says. "'Should you build me a house for my dwelling? "'For I have not dwelt in a house "'since the day I brought up the sons of Israel from Egypt.' Even to this day, rather, I have been moving about in a tent, that is, in a dwelling place. Wherever I have gone with all the sons of Israel, did I speak a word with one of the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? So David has this noble idea. He has this great thought. He's living in a house of luxury. He looks out and he sees across the way that God's Ark of the Covenant, God's presence is dwelling merely in a tent. So he wants to honor god by building him a temple and he goes to nathan the prophet this is the first time we've met nathan it's not the last time we're going to hear from nathan and so he goes to nathan and he consults with nathan with his idea and nathan says go for it but that very night nathan is told by the lord no this is not my idea this this is god's way of saying I've got a better idea. Have you ever gotten ahead of God? I know I have. Whenever we get ahead of God, we step out and we do things that we think is for God, but really it's it's for ourselves. And we find out later that it's much harder than it ought to be because God wasn't in it in the first place. (laughs) And so we A-type personalities need to learn to slow down and thank goodness that David consulted Nathan before proceeding to build something that God never called him to build. It kind of reminds me of the story of Peter when he's up on the Mount of Transfiguration with James and John. And he's on that mountain. Jesus is transfigured before him in all his glory. And Peter, not knowing what to say or do, says, well, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let's build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And in that moment, there's a voice that comes down from heaven. God says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Ah, how we need to slow down and listen to God. Thank goodness that David had a Nathan to consult with. Do you have a Nathan? You know, we live in a culture that honors and idolizes individualism. We got to do our own thing. Even as Christians sometimes, we can think that Jesus and me, we got our own thing going. But we're never intended to live this life on our own journey or on our own understanding alone of God's truth in Scripture or how the Spirit is speaking into our life. No, you know, we may not be a prophet like Nathan, but if we live close to God, we can speak prophetically into the life of each other. We can speak words of encouragement and edification and comfort and correction. That's what we need to be for one another. We don't need to live a life as individuals. We need to live a life in community with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Over the decades of my life, I have been blessed to have spiritual directors and prayer partners and bands of brothers who would meet with me weekly. And we would gather and we would talk about how we felt like God was speaking to us that week. through the Spirit, or in the stories of our life. And we would confess our sins to each other, and we would pray for each other. We all need Nathans in our life, other companions in Christ, to make major decisions about. So let's jump back into the story in chapter 7, beginning of verse 8. And we resume this conversation that the Lord is having with Nathan about what he's supposed to tell David. Now then, this is what you are to say to my servant David. This is what the Lord of armies says. I myself took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be leader over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone and have eliminated all your enemies from you. I will also make a great name for you like the names of the great men who are on the earth. And I will establish a place for my people Israel and I will plant them so that they may live in their own place and not be disturbed again. Nor will malicious people oppress them any more as previously. Even from the day that I appointed judges over my people Israel and I will give you rest from all your enemies." the Lord also declares to you that the Lord will make a house for you. When your days are finished and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you who will come from you and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. When he does wrong, I will discipline him with the rod of men and with strokes of sons of mankind. But my favor shall not depart from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from you. Your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever in accordance with all these words And all of this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. And so the Lord's message to David through Nathan is basically about two things. The first thing is he's going to give him a son. And that son is going to be a descendant of his immediate descendant. And his kingdom is going to be established. And the Lord's going to be a father to David's son. And he's going to discipline him when he needs to be disciplined. But his favor will not be removed from David's son. And David's son, David's descendant, is the one that's going to build the Lord a house. But there's a second thing that God says to David. He says, David, (laughs) you had the idea of building me a house, but I got a better idea. I'm going to build you a house, David. and I'm not talking about a literal house. I'm going to build a house out of your family. And this house is going to be lasting forever. Your lineage and from your lineage is going to come a kingdom and a throne. And this throne is going to be everlasting as he begins to hint of the one who is to come in the long distant future. So... God's going to do this. You know, some covenants in the scripture and covenants in life are mutual. They're conditional. If you do this, then the other party will do this. The law of Moses was a conditional covenant. If you keep the commandments of God, then you will live. You will be holy your life will be rich. But if you break the commandments of God, your life will be broken. This is not the way the Davidic covenant is going to work. The Davidic covenant is unconditional. God is going to do this. The same God that took David from the sheepfold and made him king is going to establish David's house forever, unconditionally. He's going to set up someone on that throne that's going to live forever, a descendant of David. And so let's look again in the scripture of how David responds to this. And before we jump into the scripture, I want to say that David does a very significant thing again. The first thing he did in this story that really endears our hearts to him is that he consulted somebody else about what he wanted to do for the Lord. But this time, he goes and sits before the Lord. How we need to be people who sit with the Lord. No matter how busy we are, no matter how crazy life is. And I know that in seasons of life, there are times when it's just almost impossible to carve out a few minutes to be with God. We need to do this with intentionality for our own sake to slow down. And to listen to God. We need to sit with the Lord. We need to foster our relationship. We need to be able to hear from Him. We need to be able to enjoy Him. And to enjoy God enjoying us. I love this. That David's response to Nathan's word is not, okay, that's great. But he goes and he sits with the Lord And he honors God with these words, beginning with verse 18. Then David the king came in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I? Who am I, Lord God, and who are the members of my household that you have brought me this far? And yet this was insignificant in your eyes, Lord God, for you have spoken also of the house of your servant regarding the distant future. And this is the custom of mankind, Lord God. So David says two really great things here. He says, who am I? David is not full of himself. How we need leaders today who are not full of themselves. And David speaks about the distant future. David doesn't fully understand what's going to happen. But he recognizes that just as someone's going to come from his immediate loins, Solomon, there's going to be someone in the distant future that sits on his throne. And so David ends his time with the Lord in verse 29 with these words. And now may it please you to bless the house of your servant so that it may continue forever before you. For you, Lord God, have spoken, and with your blessing may the house of your servant be blessed forever. David is speaking about Jesus. Remember that Spencer gave this second message in this series about David slaying Goliath. And in that message, he said that The primary point of the message is not that you and I need to become like David. We need to become like heroes. And we need to be able to fight our giants like David fought his. No, Spencer, in great insight, said, we need to identify with the people of Israel in the story. And just like they needed David to rescue them from their enemy, we need someone to come and rescue us from ours. For there are some battles that you and I cannot fight. We cannot ever win the battle over sin. We cannot ever win the battle over death. We need a deliverer. We need a Savior. We need the Son of David, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who came and fought the battle for us, who on the cross took our sins on Himself and canceled our sins through his shed blood. And we are raised, justified through his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ is our savior. He's our king. He's our Lord. And he's the one that sits enthroned on David's throne forever. He's the one that fights the battle for us. You know, uh, once a year or every other year, I go in for my eye exam. And as I go in for my eye exam, my optometrist, she tells me, now rest your chin here and look through these two circles. And she clicks through the different optics. And she will ask repeatedly the question, now, which is better? This one or this one? Which is better, A or B? And she goes through this whole series of tests where she finds the right combination to prescribe the perfect lens where I can see 2020. The Davidic covenant is telling us that Jesus Christ is the lens from which we not only understand the scriptures, but we understand all of life. All the scriptures is pointing. To Jesus. You know, the prophets did this. Jeremiah declares that Jesus is going to be that righteous branch without naming him by name. Isaiah speaks about the root that's going to come from Jesse's tree. Psalm 89 declares... Verse 3 and 4, that I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to my servant David, I will establish your descendants forever, and I will build up your throne to all generations. The Gospels speak about this. Gabriel in Luke chapter 1 comes to the Virgin Mary and says that through you, through the son that you will bear, David's throne will be established. And in Matthew's gospel, as Jesus, that boy, becomes a man and enters Jerusalem for the final time, the people line up along the streets, children of all ages, and they declare, Hosanna to the Son of David. In Acts 13, the Apostle Paul speaks about how that David's body decays in the grave, but the Son of David... His body will never see decay. Revelation 3 verse 7 talks about how that Jesus is holding the key of David. And the epistles speak of how that the house of David is our hope. In Romans 15 verse 12, the apostle Paul writes to the people of Rome and says that the house of David is the hope of Gentiles of Gentiles the house of David is our hope friends you and I are a part of the house of David God's building this house even today and in this house of David we are like living stones says Peter in his words of the epistle first Peter chapter 2 Verse 5, he says, You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He goes on to say that in verse 9, You're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation for God's own possession we're that living house God is building the house of David now that distant future that David spoke about is being fulfilled now God's building his house he's building us up as living stones together into something that God can dwell by his spirit And the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 parallels Peter's words when he writes beginning of verse 19 at the very end of that verse through verse 22, You are God's household. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God by His Spirit. You know, um, 10 years ago, the Outreach Center was renovated and completed in its renovation. And we had created a worship space and along the one wall, we created a prayer wall. And we asked everyone, that worship there to, to write their own prayer, their own words of scripture or words to God on the, black, on the back of their block of wood. And the last block of wood that was to be added was the cross. And I asked my buddy, Ed Hewlett, to give me the opportunity to write the final scripture, the final prayer on the most significant block of wood of all, the cross. And what I wrote were the words of Ephesians 2, that we may be fit together, growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom we are being built together in a dwelling where God lives by His Spirit. That's still my prayer. It's still my prayer for Schweitzer, It's still God's vision for the church. And so that greeting, that the Spirit of Jesus in me greets the Spirit of Jesus in you, that we might be one in Him, is the reality of this spiritual house that you and I are a part of as the body of Christ. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your servant, David, who consulted Nathan and sat before you. Help us like him to take time to listen to you, to consult other godly companions in our lives. Thank you, God, most of all, for the son of David, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who defeated our two greatest enemies, sin and death. Now, Lord, would you take us and would you build us into a house, a living place where you dwell by your spirit. For we ask this in the name of the son of David, Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today for worship. I want to thank our team that made this service possible and give a special thank you for that powerful message. If you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, I invite you to like it and share it on social media. Thank you so much for doing that. And now I invite you back next week for week 11 of our sermon series on David. God bless you and have a great week.
3: Lord, I confess that I've been a criminal. I've stolen your breath and sang my own song. And Lord, I confess that I'm far from innocent. Shackles are with stone